Hello, I'm Mark Bassingthwaite, the Risk Manager here at Alps, and welcome to another episode of Alps in Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in uh, beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. Of course, that's where our our, uh, our home office is. And if you ever get out to Missoula, you should, should stop by. It is a beautiful, beautiful area. You know, it's a time of year where... Um, you get to thinking about all kinds of things. You know, we have a year coming to an end and boy, what a crazy year this has been, huh? And a new year starting. And, you know, these are times where uh, at least I do, and I don't think I'm alone or unique in this, just start to do some processing, start to think about, you know, what, what, what was good about the year, what, what things need to be done. Uh, And I'm also, I've been with Alps now uh, coming up in 26 years and, uh, you know, I, I've been thinking more and more about what's next for me. You know, again, I, I, I've got a lot of years left, uh, God willing, and, you know, knock on wood here that, that Alps will, will want to continue to have me. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to say a lot of years. I, I don't know, uh, five, six, maybe eight more years uh, of, of work here. But, you know, I also think about retiring and, and, and what's next. And there are there are interesting uh, things that you start to think about, you know, um, just look at all kinds of stuff. And I, I won't get into my sort of what's personally going on with me, but it, it does bring up an important topic. And that, that's the topic of, of succession planning. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about this uh, in some interesting ways. Uh, it, it's something I've been talking about and writing on for years. Um, you know, I, I can simply say, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, uh, I'm in a community where I see lots of people. We're in a 55 plus community now down here in, in Florida. Actually, it's been a, just a wonderful, wonderful decision for us. But I see a lot of people in retirement. Uh, I see some that have been very successful and I have uh, seen and, and visited with some where it's, it's not working. Um, there's different drivers behind why retirement happened for some. Some had happened earlier than they thought. Think health issues as an example. Uh, others are still very, very active uh, in, in second or third careers, you know, just because they retired doesn't mean you know, they retired from a, from their, their profession perhaps, but they're still doing all kinds of other things. So I, I wanna talk about, uh, about this. The first thing I wanna say is regardless of your age and where you are in terms of your practice uh, and and your career in law, um, it's never too early to start. Uh, You know, we've been dealing with the transition issues and decisions and uh, financially uh, restructuring, you know, except for, oh gosh, now it's been a good six to eight years easy. Um, And of course, we're blessed that uh, you know, we have the, the ability to retire at some point here. Um, I, again, I can say I've worked with lots and lots of lawyers, and I mean that literally, who are not uh, financially in a situation where retirement ever seems likely. Uh, and, and it doesn't need to be that way. You know? So I just encourage you to start early, um, particularly on this, just the saving side, if nothing else. But okay, 
back back to succession planning, and we're going to also explore uh, backup attorneys in, in this context, uh, which is is the central issue I want to focus on here. But but before we get there, th- th- you know, being a lawyer is hard. I understand that. And uh, it can be quite a challenge. There's all kinds of, uh, it's an ever-changing landscape, if you will, in terms of um, the introduction of AI and and how that's impacting things, but also different types of clients and different types of matters and and all sorts of things can can go on. Um, And as some of you may know, uh, if if you've uh, followed me over the years, uh, whether in the blog or podcast, you know, I've been at this a long time, and I've done a lot of consulting, and uh, I, I have worked with lawyers that have dealt with um, cancer, as an example. And uh, one lawyer in particular was so involved, uh, out of necessity, don't, don't get me wrong here, but so involved in uh, his cancer treatment, uh, having to travel and be gone extensively for chemotherapy. And uh, it, it, it just, that the practice was being neglected in very, very significant ways. And there was some, some fallout, unfortunately, to that. Uh, I have been involved with numerous lawyers that uh, have had, let's just say, um, challenges with uh, competency, uh, whether it's dementia, uh, which is, again, it's just a very uh, serious problem with our profession. It's not unique to lawyers, but, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, issues uh, I've seen over the years that have led to claims and all kinds of things. Um, unexpected things happen in life, in other words, uh, but it's it's just wild. In terms of of all the crazy things I, I, I've seen, so I, I I want to again to underscore underscore we need to think about succession planning. Um, you know, this is not something we do again in the twilight of one's career. I really see it as a strategic and forward-thinking uh, approach. Uh, you know, that's what we need to be thinking about. It, it's going to benefit you, uh, regardless. You know, it's obviously more important if you're in a solo uh, space, but it, it, it's important even if you're in a small firm or uh, even larger firms. Uh, now, sometimes the problems, the issues that come into play as you get into larger firms are a bit different than, than what you're dealing with in small firms. But we do need to prepare for the unexpected. It is about, at the end of the day, uh, taking care of our clients. Um, you know, so uh, that's, that's, let's move forward here and, and talk about some other reasons uh, why. Uh, I see this as mitigating risk, uh, preserving client relationships. Again, thinking more importantly in the solo space, but again, absolutely not limited to this. Uh, But, you know, if we are unexpectedly taken out by a car crash, I've got a story about that. We'll bore with it uh, today, but uh, bore you with it today. But, um, you know, someone ended up in a coma for for quite an extended time and and a number of matters were neglected. Um, You know, so I I see this as, as a competency issue. Thinking about Rule 1.1, a diligence issue, 1.3, and there's some language uh, in in 
the rules, particularly in commentary, and, and at least some of the states and in the ABA model rules that, that talk about uh, the diligence mandates uh, an attorney moving forward with some type of succession planning. Uh, I mean, it, it's just not optional. And, you know, so I see it as, as an ethical obligation. I see it as taking care of one's career. I so, sort of reputational kinds of things. I see it, particularly if something goes wrong, something unexpected happens. I see it as taking care of clients, uh, building relationships, uh, because we can talk about it. Um, so, it's 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 about ensuring coverage uh, in the event of some short-term health issues, uh, but it's also about taking care of things in the unexpected uh, death uh, or long-term disability scenario too. Uh, again, we could talk for quite some time <laughs> about stories of, of of how this has just been been a problem. So um, I, I hope that kind of helps. I know it's kind of a little bit of a ramble here. And I got all kinds of things going on in my head, but I, I really hope that you begin to get a sense of the, the importance of succession planning um, from a business perspective, from an ethical perspective, and from a malpractice perspective, you know, so that's, that's move more now towards really what I, want to focus on and center on and it's it's really looking at a basic decision of backup attorneys now before we dig into this one of the things that i have found over the years is some attorneys are reluctant uh, when asked to be a backup attorney they are reluctant to agree to do so uh, for a variety of reasons uh, but Two of the more common concerns uh, at times I think uh, also use as excuses are, um, you know, I've got my own full-time practice and how in the world can I handle two practices at once? Well, you know, a successor attorney slash backup attorney isn't necessarily um, charged with running a full second practice. Uh, you know, in the backup situation, you know, you're just covering for somebody for emergencies while, you know, they're on a two-week vacation or whatever it might be, or whether, uh, you know, gotta, they're in the hospital for a week or so for some immersion kind of thing. Uh, if it's uh, an unexpected death, you're, you're really being brought in to wind up the practice uh, and, and you know, oversee that. You're not running a full practice. You're not charged with taking on all of these clients and, and immediately doubling the size of your practice. Um, and something else to think about, uh, whether you're agreeing to do this, you know, being asked to do this and thinking about agreeing uh, or doing the asking, you know, it, the backup attorney slash successor attorney situation doesn't have to be limited to just one individual. I have seen some situations uh, that have been very, very successful uh, in terms of there was an untimely death and, and uh, uh, what, what happened was 
for instance, a, a group of three, four, I, I've even seen five attorneys will agree to sort of be there for each other. And we sort of have this group. And, uh, you know, so if, it's, if, if I'm the person in this group that, that passes uh, unexpectedly, you know, the other four can share the load. One might be responsible for putting out fires. One might be responsible for, you know, um, contacting clients, you know, getting that letter that goes out, et cetera, taking care of, of those kinds of things. I, you know, and so you just split, you, you split the workload. It can make it very, very easy. The other excuse that I hear at times is the, uh, well, is my malpractice going to cover me? You know, is there some, and again, I don't want to be sued for all this stuff. Well, first off, understand, uh, again, in the winding up of the practice, you're really not doing anything legally you're, you're administering the the duties of of transition of client notification etc now i guess at times you know if you pick up a matter uh, and, and once you make it your own of course your policy is going to be in play but i could see you know there could be some situations and you know we we try to figure things out, put out fires. Maybe something goes a little wrong here uh, or in the backup situation. Um, I, you know, I, I can't say 100% for sure because in terms of policies, differ between carriers, et cetera, et cetera, and circumstances are going to dictate. But here's, here's how I kind of look at it. A carrier wants to make sure that when something goes wrong, again, an emergency illness, uh, um, you know, I, we like people taking vacations to stay fresh, you know, because burnout leads to and depression and, you know, addictions and all this, you know, we, we want to see lawyers take care of themselves. So, so getting some vacation time is a good thing. But if a backup attorney or successor attorney is in trying to help, good Lord, what it, it would make no sense for a carrier to say, I'm not going to defend this or we're not going to get involved. I, 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 I mean, it, it just, that's just not a decision I would think any carrier is going to be good about, you know, feeling good about making. That's, that's not in their best interest. Maybe that's another way to look at it. Uh, so I, I, I just don't think the coverage issue is as significant as uh, some want to make it. Um, there are, there is language, I should say, in a number of policies that will describe, or are in terms of under the definition of insured, will include uh, a description of attorneys who are stepping in to help administer the winding down of a practice. Uh, uh, there for backup, you know, as long as they uh, are doing so under the authority of uh, an agreement of some sort, you know, that kind of thing. So, okay, so that's, that's, let's put that out of way, or put that out of the way. So uh, the next thing, you know, and I've been asked at times, you know, what do I do? How, how do I go about uh, selecting a backup attorney? And, you know, this really gets to the, the heart of the issue. You know, if you're working within a firm setting, you know, hopefully there's someone else within the firm that has the skills and, you know, et cetera, that, that can step in. Um, if you are uh, 
one that's in, in again, a, typically it's going to be in a small firm setting that, that has some unique skills, you know, well, you're going to have to find somebody outside of the firm and, and name, because if no one else in the firm has the ability, you know, we, that, that doesn't really solve the problem. Uh, so you might need to look uh, external, uh, but that's, let's talk about that sort of in the context of the solo attorney. And really what you need to do is, is just try to identify someone who is going to be competent. Uh, that is your obligation. So they have to have the skill set necessary to step in and, and understand what's going on in your practice both as a backup attorney, uh, if, if ever needed, and then again, as a successor, uh, should that ever uh, come into play as well. Uh, they need to have you know, good communication skills. Uh, they, they need to be experienced in the practice. Uh, and we need to think about, I guess, conflict concerns too. You know, they should be somebody that isn't going to bring to the table or have all kinds of conflicts uh, in light of their practice and yours. You know, it can't be somebody that you're constantly on the other side of, you know, is constantly opposing counsel to many of your clients. That's, that's going to be problematic. Um, so we, we just need to think about, you know, again, is this person competent? diligent, a good communicator, um, as conflict-free as possible, et cetera. And, and that, that can, can really be a, a good thing. Okay. So, oh, and I guess, you know, the other thing, this needs to be somebody that, that's going to have the time or the ability to make the time to step into this role. Uh, you know, I, I guess if someone is constantly on the road, just, by virtue of their practice and, and being available on, uh, you know, not necessarily a minute's notice, but, you know, but being available at times, um, you know, if that's going to be problematic, that might not be the right fit. So we, again, we just need to look, does this work uh, for the individual that you uh, are asking? Um, when we finally identify the individual that uh, we think is going to be a good fit and this individual agrees or group of individuals, um, you know, please don't overlook the importance of letting key staff know that this step has been taken care of, who this individual or group of individuals are, uh, when and how they are to be uh, reached, um, you know, so that people the staff in the event of emergency know what to do. Again, I could tell stories where staff had no idea that there was a backup attorney, had no idea what they were supposed to do. And this is a situation where it was a solo with a, a new a sort of receptionist, and that was the only position she was uh, uh, charged with. And, and she really, she had no clue, was not really experienced in the, uh, in the legal profession or working in the legal profession and just sat there taking calls day after day. And uh, a number of claims rose out of that because the personal injury plaintiff attorney who was in a coma for a while and some, some statutes ran during this time. And she just sat there, did had no clue. So again, we need to let people know, okay? Um, some other things to think about. You might want to have a formal uh, written agreement with the uh, backup attorney successor, you know, one and the same, in most instances, uh, our group, and you know that that's 
document or at least outline, if you will, the, the terms of the engagement, the scope, the responsibilities. Uh, there may or may not be compensation here. Uh, and uh, you, know, you have to figure out how, if, if there is going to be some compensation. And in, particularly in the succession plan, uh, successor attorney coming in and winding up a, a very busy uh, practice, you know, th that, that can take some work and some time. And, you know, you can deal with covering those expenses in a variety of ways not the least of which might be some type of key person uh, life insurance. Uh, but there, there are ways to deal with this. But I, I like the idea of having some type of uh, agreement so that we're all on the same page and really understand what the expectations are. And in a number of times, you know, this can be a two-way street. Uh, if, you, if I ask you to be my backup attorney and you agree, and you, it, it might be, well, I, I agree to do the same for you. Uh, you know, so we can have these discussions and, and really talk about what are the roles going to be. So it's also worth, uh, you know, letting your malpractice carrier know uh, there are some carriers out there, particularly again in the solo space, that, that will request knowledge of or you know you need to report you know who is this other carriers uh sort of mandate it require it you know they may not uh, agree to insure you perhaps in a formal uh, designation because they want to know who to contact um if, if something happens here again so um some things to think about in terms of preparation uh, i would periodically uh review uh, the, the plan and the agreement, um, just because, you know, things change over time. And as you think about that, you know, here's another side thought coming in. Um, I like, we, we've talked about, I like, you know, designate here, here are the roles, responsibilities, what we're anticipating, what we, we think we, we should be doing for each other, et cetera. But we should also perhaps have some type of, uh, writing, um, could be a letter that kept in a drawer somewhere, staff knows about. And this is primarily for the succession plan situation. Uh, but, you know, you, you need to think about setting forth the things that the uh, successor attorney needs to know to run your practice, to be able to wind down your practice. You know? So where's the calendar? Um, what are the passwords? to key programs or um, applications or laptops, that kind of thing. Um, what about signature authority on uh, other account, you know, the trust account? Uh, I don't want to see money locked up and, and there are different ways to deal with that. Could even be just a contingent signature authority uh, agreement of some sort. So there are a number of things you can do here, but um, I have seen situations where an attorney passed and none of this was done. And, you know, a lot of time and money was needlessly spent on trying to literally hack into computers uh, because that's where all the information was and no one had any idea how to get in. Um, you know, so there, there has to be some ways to do that. Uh, and here's, here's an interesting thought on this one. You know, you can set up emergency access to uh, password safes. You know, more and more of us, if you're not using a password safe for, you know, cybersecurity reasons, boy, now's the time. That's a conversation for a whole other day. But, you know, there's, there's, there's one way to do some of this. 
um, you can have emergency access and set that up. Uh, it varies in terms of what you can do and how you do it with these different password managers, but it's just another thing to think about and another thing to look at. So um, there's, there's all kinds of uh, spins on this, but I, I'm hoping you have found something of value here and some encouragement uh, to move forward. The, the one final thought I have is, you know, at the beginning, I was sort of talking about, well, there's this piece of client communication. And I, I want to take that just a little bit further. Um, you know, I also mentioned, you know, reputation can be an issue here. And the, the failure, you know, to have a backup attorney leading to mistakes because you never get out and take a vacation or take care of yourself and prioritize wellness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you can get run down, burned out, depressed. You know, reputation can suffer in that way. Reputation can suffer because there is no plan and you're in the hospital for four, six weeks in a coma, that going back to that one story uh, that I've been alluding to, and you know, your reputation is dead there. But there's another angle to this reputation piece. And I see it as, as communicating um, the decision. You know, I have some, some language and you're welcome to email me uh, or uh, look it up. Uh, I have some of this on our website, but if you have trouble finding it, can let me know. But, uh, you know, consider putting some language in uh, your engagement agreement. And it might say something, I'm just going to read a, a short little paragraph as a, an example, but think about the message that you're giving. So I'm a new, our potential prospective client, you know, coming in, looking and all and we're talking. And I, I see this language, uh, or you might even highlight it for me uh, in the agreement. And it'll say something like this. While I strive to deliver excellent legal services to each and every client, I also have an ethical obligation to protect your interests during any extended absences, such as a vacation, an illness, or in the event of my unexpected death or disability. To accomplish this, I have named, of course, you insert the name for your backup attorney, as my backup attorney, who will be available during any extended absences or will step in to assist in the closing of my practice should that ever prove necessary. I will personally provide you advance notice of any planned absences and my office staff or backup attorney will contact you with information on how to proceed should any unexpected event ever occur. I mean, I sit in, you know, I guess I'm, I'm a risk guy, okay, I get that. But I, I, I gotta tell you, if, if I saw something like that, I would say this attorney is really thinking through the issues and doing everything he or she can to see that, that his or her clients are, are taken care of. And has really thought this through. I want to work with someone like that. I mean, wouldn't you? That's, that's demonstrating uh, commitment, uh, loyalty, diligence, competency, and, and that, that just speaks volumes to me. So there's this other reputational angle to it. You know, I, 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 that, that's saying he's thinking about this. She's thinking about this. I like this. I'm going to work with them. And then you deliver. Man, I'm, I'm even more excited. Uh, and I'm going to go out and just tell people. You know, how do you think referrals, you know, referrals are, come on reputation and good work.
you know, if you have good reputation, you provide great service and all of that, referrals are going to come. So I, I think there's there's an angle to that as well. So I've been rambling on here for I don't know how long, but I, I, I hope you found something of value. I, I, I just, I really believe that it's hard, again, again, to, to do this at times. It's hard to get started, but I really do believe in the value of this. And once you have this taken care of, um, I think you're going to sleep better. I think it's going to be one less thing to worry about, you know, and you can concentrate and focus uh, more clearly on some other things in, in terms of just taking care of your clients. So name that backup attorney if you haven't. Name that successor attorney if you haven't. And once you do, please, please take the, take the time, take advantage of, of what you've just done. And make sure you're getting uh, that that extended vacation from time to time to stay fresh, to nurture the uh, support, the important, significant, important. Uh, I'm sorry, the important and significant support systems in your life. You know, so go on a cruise with your your spouse. Uh, you know, go visit the grandkids and and children for a week, whatever it might be, uh, because wellness is so, so important in our profession too. It just helps you stay sharp. So that's it for me. I hope you found something of value and please don't hesitate to reach out if there's anything I can ever do for any of you. You do not need to be an Alps insured to visit with me. There's no cost uh, or fee to visit with me. If there's something I can do, hey, I'm here. My email address is mbass, M-B-A-S-S at Alps Insurance, A-L-P-S Insurance, one word, dot com. Have a good one all. Bye-bye.